Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee, your tea or your water, sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And I'm sure you are all wondering why I'm in this odd getup, but I just wanted to show you what my kids did to me on Saturday, my birthday. They made me wear the shirt that says, I make 60 look good, and these glasses as well as a party hat that never did stay on my head. <laughs> so I just wanted to share with you all and thank you all for your birthday wishes. And uh, it was a great day. They actually threw an international cuisine kind of party. And that means that each one of them chose a dish from a different country or a different part of this country um, to share with the group. And uh, they, they were so creative. There were calico beans and brisket from Texas. There was poutine from Canada. There were French crepes. There were Japanese ramen noodles with all these little fixins uh, and what have you. Oops. I don't. Yes, I'm here. I'm live. So it was fun. And uh, the cake. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my son-in-law to be made a black forest cherry cake. And it was divine. He made it with the actual liqueur from Germany that is um, uh, what the, the traditional Black Forest cherry cakes are made with. And oh my gosh, it was so good with frosting that was uh, whipped whipped cream frosting. Mm -hmm. It was a great day. And of course, our weather here has been warm. So that made it nice to actually spend my day out in the sunshine having a good time. So anyway, I just wanted to share all that with you this morning. We have a lot to talk about today as uh, not only is the moon on its way to being full, but there are several other changes taking place with planets, one of which began yesterday when Jupiter turned retrograde in the sign of Pisces. So now he'll spend until July 28th, moving backwards through the second and first degree of the sign of Pisces and backward into Aquarius. So he'll finish up his transit through Aquarius and back into Pisces when we get into December. So we've had this time period of being able to take a look at what's growing in our outer world that is new. And now we turn to the inner world. How are we going to integrate the things that we've learned uh, from a very short Pisces foray by the uh, planet Jupiter? So what's expanding in our spirituality? Where are, did we discover that we still have victim energy hiding? And how is it that we need to work through that? And as well, this week, we have a host of other changes coming up. And because we had this new focus on astro design, I'm going to spend some time, of course, with the moon sign today and where it is, Scorpio, and how those Scorpio gates affect us all. And I'm seeing people checking in with us this morning. It's nice to see you, Kathleen and Jennifer Peachy and uh, Christine Buckingham and Mimi. Great to see you. And happy summer solstice to everybody. Even those of you now in Europe are in the um, the summer solstice. And uh, good morning, Asa. I see you back there masquerading as me. <laughs> good. So thank you so much for being in the background helping us out. So today, then, we're going to talk about the moon in Scorpio and what that means for us. And there's also a lot of contacts with other planets that the moon is making today specifically that we'll want to be aware of. Remember, the moon moves fairly quickly. 
and it is the one that we can take into account when our moods are changing or when our feelings are changing um, and or when different activities and events are showing up for us uh, in a given day. Londa found me. Hi, Londa. It's great to see you out there. You found me on Facebook because now I'm using StreamYard and I'm able to broadcast to both YouTube and Facebook. So you have that. Um, and it's good to have you with us. So uh, we're, we'll continue looking at the moon then in Scorpio, and then we'll look ahead at the week and then also a little bit about the Pleiadian Earth energy. So let's start with the moon in Scorpio, shall we? It is a very powerful placement for the moon. It is very psychic and intense emotionally. It is also a sign that takes us into issues around power, power struggles, and how we claim our own authenticity. So today the moon is in Scorpio all day. And during its transit through the sign today, it will square Saturn in Aquarius, oppose Uranus in Taurus, and trine Neptune and Venus, who are also in a trine with one another today. It's the major aspect of the day. And then also come into a sextile with Pluto. Remember the words that are connecting the planets are relationship-oriented words. So a square is a bit of a challenge and opposition means we have sort of a conundrum. Somehow we have to solve the tension of opposites. When we have a trine, there's a smooth flow of the energy. It could be a smooth flow of positive energy. Mostly it is, but sometimes it's a smooth flow of energy that doesn't really take us anywhere. And the sextile is a, a contact uh, between planets that is usually where they're sharing their gifts and their talents or their strengths, and they mutually benefit each other. So that's with Pluto today. And Pluto actually happens to be one of the co-rulers along with Mars of the sign of Scorpio. So we have its ruler in a positive uh, relationship, which bodes well for us. Now, when we start to break down, what is it that Scorpio represents in our astrology charts? It represents first and foremost power and empowerment, our own empowerment, but also how it is that we work to help others become empowered. And we have in the more mundane world, a connection here to politics and to psychology and to uh, the energy of secrets, right? What's hidden, what's underneath it all. And with Pluto involved today, it might be a great day to get to the underlying uh, energies, to the secrets that are being revealed. And as well, this is a sign that's very charismatic when it's in the mood, right? This is a mood because it's a water sign, Scorpio is, and it is a sign that is um, very intense in whatever mood it chooses to be in, intensely happy, intensely angry, intensely excited, whatever it is that it's feeling. It is also a sign of transcendence. So here's the sign that we look to for transformational energy, for the energy of change. I'm sorry, I'm having allergy issues this morning, guys. Uh, if I sneeze, I apologize ahead of time. Um, it is a sign where we can choose to eliminate baggage, right? The things that have been uh, albatrosses hanging around our necks. It is a time for change and restoration, right? Restoring what ourselves to a, a previous state or restoring ourselves to joyfulness. And also it is a sign of forgiveness. And as I was looking at the energies this morning, I was thinking about how certain themes keep showing up in the uh, signs that, that are prominent right now. We have a prominent 
a fixed sign energy going on with Saturn and Aquarius and with Uranus and Taurus, both of them fixed signs. Now with Mars in Leo, a fixed sign. And then this morning with the moon in Scorpio, also a fixed sign. So we see that we have sort of themes that go along with the fixed nature of things. And one of the things that, that the fixed signs do is they hold on to, to things. They hold on to literal things like, you know, resources or objects. They hold on to relationships. They hold on to grievances or emotions or things from the past. And so we can see then why sometimes the themes between, in this case, Leo, Aquarius, uh, Taurus, and Scorpio have to do with forgiveness, with letting go of those grievances or letting go of the past. And this is a sign actually that is good in crisis energy as well. So we have uh, the potential for crisis or living on the edge or for really helping in a crisis situation, helping to even avoid a crisis kind of situation. But there are intense interactions here with the moon today, as well as the possibility for obsessions and compulsions, especially with that uh, sextile to Pluto hanging around there. So we have the potential then to find a solution to a crisis or to see that there are crises that are developing that we have to uh, contend with. It is a sign of self-mastery and self-mastery in that we really get to a point with the moon and Scorpio where we are dealing with the concepts of good and evil, right? The, the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the other and how we look at that kind of energy in our um, reality, not just as a people or in the collective, but also for ourselves. I mean, think about how we categorize things as either good or not so good or evil or bad. And in this particular sign, we have this opportunity to climb to the tallest um, perception or tallest perspective and see things from uh, not necessarily from good and evil, but just the same um, expression only, I mean, the same, the different, same, so different side of the same coin, right? So it, it's not that things are good or evil. It is a continuum of energy. This is a sign of self-discipline, of commitment to oneself, but also commitment to uh, whatever it is that you are passionate about, because Scorpio is also a sign of passion. Bonding comes in this particular sign as well. It is the sign not just of relationships, but relationships that go to the level of intimacy. So it could be sexual relationships. It could be soulmate relationships where there's a deep emotional connection between us and as well mutual validation where we're able to support one another in the paths that we've chosen or in the work that we're doing or just in the being of who we are. It is a sign opposite of the second house. So we have an eighth house relationship here of financial responsibilities or financial relationships, but it's not necessarily from money that you've earned on your own, which is the resources of the second house the resources of the eighth house or Scorpio energy is more about loans, taxes, credit and debt, um, and all of those kinds of things that we borrow from others or money or resources that we have at our disposal that aren't generated by ourselves. So it can be from wills or legacies or um, inheritances or from a spouse's income. 
And so all of that is also a part of, uh, of this particular sign. And when we get into the more negative expression of the sign of Scorpio, then we have energies like jealousy, power struggles, revenge, rage. So some, some things that we have to, to work with or contend with that are deep within us that can come back to haunt us at times, sort of like the Scorpio's, uh, the scorpion stinger that, you know, stings from behind is sort of passive aggressive or lies in wait for us and then comes up at the last minute, right? And, and strikes at us. In the body, of course, Scorpio rules the elimination system and all the organs of the elimination system, the colon, uh, the, the rectum and all of the, the elimination of waste from the body, but it also rules the sex organs in both male and female. So it's a very powerful sign and it rules some very powerful things, including reproduction and then elimination of waste out of the body, but also, you know, throughout uh, our lives, right? Remember one of the things I said was that Scorpio likes to hold on to things, grievances, emotions, or hurts, wounds, and it is a sign that has to work through those issues in order to release them. And you all, even though you may not be a Scorpio, you all have Scorpio somewhere in your chart. So these are things that you might be dealing with in the underside of things, the, the underbelly, if you will, of, of uh, your life. So it might not be obvious at first what the moon might be dredging up for you today. But if you take a look at the house that Scorpio's in, on a regular basis, the moon moving through Scorpio may be bringing you a specific theme. And that theme might be about what you need to let go of or about how you need to become empowered or how you are you know, needing to release yourself from a power struggle with another person in your life. Mastery over oneself, right? Um, so I'm going to take a look next at the moon in the human design so we can get a connection to the gates and the centers that uh, will be uh, hit by the moon today. Uh, let me just say a quick good morning to everybody else who's joined us. We have Leilani. It's great to see you. She says, hey, all I manifested demote flexible hours. And now I can be back with our Astro family on Mondays and Fridays. I love it. More flexible hours is what she meant. Christine Buckingham says my moon, Jupiter, Neptune, retrograde and North node are all in Scorpio. So you're describing yourself then as somebody who's come to the planet to do to work through transformation, right to regenerate, either for your own self or to be that light for others to help them to go through different transformations in their lives. But it's a sure bet that there are a lot of powerful themes that run through your life, Christine, that all have to do with transformation, right? Change, restoring, regenerating, and death and rebirth. Those are two other words that I could put there, not necessarily physical death, but sometimes even that, that that would be a setup for someone who's maybe a person who deals with the uh, the dying or with people and uh, helping them take care of their their resources after they die, that type of thing. Ursula, good morning. Amanda J, good morning. JLo, good morning. Sylvester Miller, hello there. It's great to see you too. And uh, anybody else that's joined us that I've missed, I, I apologize, but welcome to all of you and also our listeners who hear us later, either on Living Astrology and Blog Talk, 
or uh, Apple iTunes or any of those other uh, podcast places or those of you who will just see us later on YouTube or in Facebook. Thank you for being with us. So I'm going to share my screen here. I've got to get back into, um, how do I share this? A window. Okay, hold on. Now I know, I always remember, I've got to open up the window first in order to be able to share it. But what I want to share with you is a graphic I didn't open. Hold on, let me open this graphic first. This morning as I went to get started with the, the broadcast, it wouldn't let me in. It told me that, um, <laughs> that I my camera wasn't allowed and then um and my mic wouldn't work and I'm like what the heck this is the same problem a couple of you have had trying to connect uh in here with your uh Pia on Friday she had this trouble trying to get it uh done and I was having that problem this morning even though as I looked up at the top of my um my chart or my screen in my address bar, it very clearly said that the mic was uh, approved and that the um, that the, the camera was approved. So I don't know what its issue was today. So I just restarted my computer and then it worked. All right, now we're going to share this. Here we go. So now what you all should be seeing is the human design chart. And what I've put on here are, this is not the right one. Stop sharing. That was the one I made the template from, but that isn't the one I want. But now I know what I need to do. Okay, now let's share the right screen. Here we go. Okay, so Scorpio in Astro Design. What we have today are in red. So you see here the gate 44, the gate 1, and the gate 43 are where the moon will be hopping to today. I meant to define, no, I did it. It's fine right here. But it, in the sign of Scorpio, it's moving through six different gates. And that's the same with every sign, right? Every, every sign has about six different gates that are attached to it. And the moon moving fastest of all gives us an insight into each of the energies of those signs as it moves, or I mean of those gates as it moves through. So the first gate that the moon would have moved through in the Scorpio is the gate 50. So the first three gates, by the way, that the moon hits in Scorpio are on the spleen center, which is the center for time and intuition and health and uh, being in the now moment is the most important thing in the spleen. But every gate on the spleen is also related to the potential expression of fear or shadow energy. So when we look at the spleen, we have to look at what's in the fear field, perhaps. And when we get into the gate 50, we have the shadow of corruption. And that's the gene keys uh, correlation here. In the gene keys, the gate of corruption is the gate 50, which is right here on the point. It's a tribal energy. It's a feminine tribal energy. And what happens here in the shadow of the gate 50, it's not corruption like we think of as in politics where things aren't transparent and what have you. It's more like corruption when, for example, your DNA is being um, split in, in reproduction as the cell um, splits to reproduce. And somehow the message from the strand of DNA doesn't get uh, into the new cell in the same way. So you have a corrupted uh, 
information that's going into uh, that cycle. And that's where disease starts or cancers start and things like that, where the, the DNA is corrupted. This happens in your computers as well when you copy programs or you copy apps or you download apps. Sometimes in for whatever reason, all of the information doesn't come in in its clean slate sort of way. It comes in with something corrupted and the result is the um, energy doesn't work correctly. So you have to go back and maybe delete the program and reinstall it type of thing, right? So our gate 50 is very much like that. And what it's corrupted here is our, our fears in terms of values and laws and regulations and rules and how the, they are meant to be sustaining, right? They're meant to be nurturing. And yet we somehow corrupt those rules to be used as weapons or to be used uh, and applied one way for one set of people and another way for another set of people. So what we see on the gate 50 with the moon move, having moved through this yesterday is the potential for that signal or that information to somehow have been corrupted and needing to be regenerated in some way. Then later in the day yesterday, it moved through the gate 28, also on the spleen. This is a gate of struggle. And it, it's struggle that comes when we're trying to find a purpose and a use for ourselves in the world. You know, sometimes I, I don't have the gate 28 to find, but sometimes even I like, well, what is all of this about? Like, why are we here? And, you know, what, what is struggle? And why do I have to struggle? And how does that serve me? And how does that serve the world? And, and that type of thing. So sometimes here, the shadow is about purposelessness, where we're just going to go out and do things that make us feel alive. So sometimes this is a daredevil energy. Uh, sometimes this is, you know, risk taking in its extreme, just to find a purpose or something that makes you feel alive alive. Uh, so it's an interesting gate. It is one that is about mutating, mutating and becoming more adaptable and creating a pathway forward in one's life with purpose. And that purpose is always in mutation, right? It's always changing based on our, our level of maturing as souls, uh, based on our um, evolution and where we are in the spiral of consciousness. And then we also have the gate 44 today on the spleen. It's the last gate that is defined by Scorpio today um, or by the moon moving through Scorpio today. And the gate 44, it's an interesting gate. It's a gate that can uh, hold baggage. So interesting Scorpio correlation there. It holds the baggage of the past. So part of the moon's... Um, uh, expression for us today through the gate 44 is about what are we holding on to in the past that is running an interference pattern in our lives. So interference is sometimes necessary in order to create a disruption of a, a, a trouble in the force, if you will, to make us um, take a look at something or to, to really look at how can we let go of something? How can we let go of the past? So the fear in the gate is that the past will repeat itself, right? That somehow that uh, I'm seeing these signs, it's part of the 
uh, tribal circuitry, but and, and uh, the tribal circuitry is really good sometimes at picking out patterns. It's not as good as the logic circuit in doing that, but it's certainly good at seeing how the past might be being ready, getting ready to repeat itself as I'm predicting almost that from what I'm seeing being built up in the world or in my own life. So the 44 has to release that pattern. And it is also a gate if when we think of the um, streams of consciousness that move through human design, the stream of consciousness here that this belongs to is in the business circuit. And it is a, an energy that helps us be lighter in terms of how we greet people and how we uh, are preparing to take our stuff that we do out into the world. How are we preparing to present ourselves and our work out in the world? So it's an interesting gate as it has a couple of different meanings for it. And it connects very powerfully over to the gate 26 in integrity. So it's, it's about being true to oneself. And part of that is by realizing that the past is not the now, right? At everything in the now is, uh, is where we're living. We're not living in that past. So then later in the day, the um, moon will let go of all of the gates in the spleen and move up to the gates of the identity center where uh, the gate one is. And this is the most young gate in human design. It's a gate that's pushing out energy and the energy it's pushing out is about creativity. It's about self-expression. It's moving up to meet the throat center at the gate eight, which is the gate of contribution. So the, the gate one is often the one gate when I see it hanging in people's charts that they're on the hunt for their life purpose. And even though they know sometimes what they're passionate about, what they love, what they want to do, they are still questioning their purpose and their, their specifically their life purpose. What am I here to do? And the answer to that question is to always do what it is that you are passionate about to follow freshness and beauty. Those are also Gene Key's words. Freshness is the gift and beauty is the highest expression or the Siddhi that takes us into just being ourselves, doing what we love, doing what makes us feel good. And when we do that, then our self-expression allows for that for other people as well. Now, tomorrow, the moon will be moving through the gate 43, the gate of insight, and the gate 14. Uh, we're still in Scorpio tomorrow for a time until it moves off into Sagittarius later on in the day. And the gate uh, 43 is up on the Ajna Center, which is the, gate, is the center for certainty, the center for knowing a truth or believing you know a truth. The gate 43 is where your personal genius resides. And note that it, it reaches down to connect to the throat, but it doesn't connect to the throat immediately, right? Unless you have the gate 23. And so we have to wait to share our insights or our ahas, our epiphanies, until we have the right person in front of us. And that usually happens via an invitation. So it's very projector-like in the need to have an invitation. And then the gate 14, when the moon gets there, it is about bounteousness. I chose the gift, the highest expression, the Siddhi here, because I love that word, bounteousness. In the gift, it is competence. And that just doesn't sound so hot. In the shadow, that would be the energy of compromise, where you are compromising 
yourself, right? What, not where you're compromising and making things work between you and another person, but when you are letting go of your own gifts and your own purpose and your own desires, uh, because you feel like you're not good enough or that you don't know enough for whatever reason that you stop doing what you want to do. So in the highest expression, the gate 14 becomes bounty or bounteousness where we're able to share all of our gifts with the world. And the gate 14 has an interesting connection to finances. It's really the only gate that I can see here, for example, that really connects Scorpio to um, the actual things that we do to make money. And the 14 is a gate of bringing in bounty through the work that you do, the doingness of yourself rather than just the being that you are. So that's what we have going on through Scorpio energy for today and tomorrow, actually. So I stopped sharing my screen. How about questions? Anybody have any questions about any of that? Uh, oh, somebody did have a question and I just didn't see it. Sorry, Asa. Uh, funny thing this morning when I had my 60 glasses on, my face identity didn't recognize me. <laughs> Wouldn't let me into my phone unless I took the glasses off or what I ended up doing was putting in my code. Uh, but I thought that was humorous. Uh, let's see here. Asa's question is from Christine. So gate 50 with a solid black line connected to the gate 27 means purposelessness. No, purposelessness was at the gate 28 and it would connect to the gate 38 on the on the root center. The gate 50 is called the gate of nurturing or it's the gate of values and the gate of sharing those values with uh, your children or with the world, right? The things, the rules that make the, the tribe work or the, the, the laws, the values that we're going to hold about how we show up and how we teach our children. If you have the gate 27 as well, a solid black line between 50 and 27, you have the whole channel of nurturing energy. It's a teaching energy, teaching others the values of the tribe or the community, teaching others about how to self-nurture, about how to be response-able, right? How to be able to take care of themselves. And in, in a real way, the gate 27 uh, at the other end is also about being self-nurturing. So that whole channel is taking up the energy of nurturing. Purposelessness is in the channel further down in the spleen. I hope that makes sense. Uh, Wanda, good morning. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. It's good to see you out there. And uh, now as we start to talk about what comes next, let's see, oh, Kathleen Mallory, I have Mars in gate 28. So a part of your maturing because Mars in human design is about how we mature or you know how we grow up, if you will, how we come to a more mature consciousness your maturing consciousness at the gate 28 is that of purpose, finding purpose, being all in with whatever you are passionate about and really living from that energy. But also you have to understand in the gate 28, the energy of purpose or finding purpose is always going to bump up against struggle, the struggle to find what is the next thing that I'm here to do or what is the next thing that I'm here to share with the world. And sometimes that means having to jump out there, kind of putting your butt on a limb a little bit to, to be different, right? To dare to, to go out and share what it is that your heart is really wanting to, you to share. So that is going to be different in different phases of your life, Kathleen, as you're 
you know, moving through the different phases and life cycles. So the gate 28 may show up in many different ways over the course of your lifetime. So I hope that helps, that helps you. Um, going backwards to see there, this has been the weirdest Mercury retrograde I can ever remember. <laughs> I'll second that one uh, as a Gemini. Yep, I'll uh, second that one. Uh, last time that Gemini was the host to a Mercury retrograde was in 2015. And I was trying to remember how, how did that Mercury retrograde go? I couldn't really remember anything that was um, weird about it. But this one was definitely weird. And I have a feeling it has a lot to do with maybe where some of the, the fact that the North Node is transiting through uh, Gemini at the same time that Mercury is retrograde in Gemini. It was included sort of in that Gemini retrograde energy. And so maybe that has something to do with that, you know, shaking us up in a way to put us on the path to destiny, right? To where it is that we're meant to be moving toward. So I thought it was an interesting, um, interesting one too. And I won't be sad to see it go. Uh, this week, let's take a look at the week ahead. If you still have questions, you can feel free to type those in there. Asa will get them to me. Um, as we stare it down this week, we find that it is a very hectic sort of week astrologically. And when that happens, sometimes we feel a little bit like things are out of our control, <laughs> like things are just happening to us or things are happening in the outer world, changes in direction, you know, where we thought we were heading in one direction. Now we seem to be moving in a different direction. And that all began yesterday, of course, with Jupiter changing direction, moving into retrograde, the last of the, the, the outer planets. Um, well, no, it's not because Neptune turns retrograde on um, Thursday. So it is a planet that when it turns retrograde, Jupiter I'm speaking of, it takes us inward to grow more on the inner planes. So we had that time period with Jupiter in uh, direct motion. So the visible signs of our inner growth was being shown to the outer world. Now we are moving inward and it will be a time of learning again on the inner planes. So maybe integrating things that have occurred in the outer world or contemplating wherever it is that Pisces is in your chart for the short term anyway, what the uh, spiritual growth might be that you've experienced or where the need is for you to grow. And I'm, I'm just going to share this with you all because because I can and because this is the only way I have to share about living astrology, right? How we're living it is that one of the things that came up for me over these last couple of months of uh, since May when uh, Jupiter moved into Pisces is this idea of having a spiritual practice that's more defined. I seem to have, I realized that I allow the busyness of my life uh, to take me away from the, the part of me that also wants to be in meditation or to do yoga or to study or to, you know, just um, journal and contemplate. I mean, I'm really good at telling you all what to do uh, when it comes to having a spiritual practice, whatever that might be in whatever way that you all have your spiritual practice. But for me, it's been really overly easy to set that off to the side while I prepare uh, talks and and webinars and things like that, right? So I've been putting all my own stuff and I paid the price for that in um, a feeling of not knowing again where my true north was. 
So one of the big uh, things that had been uh, called to my attention that now I have this opportunity to integrate within me is going back to my spiritual practice, to feeding myself on the spiritual end of things, rather than just pushing out the work for uh, in the support of the world. So it's important to have that balance. And that was the biggest thing that I think I learned during this period of time. Now I have the opportunity to integrate it. So if you take a look back at your own couple of months, right, June and uh, May, uh, what have you been learning? Right. So Jupiter giving us the opportunity then to course correct, to get out of that victimhood, because in Pisces, that was also another uh, theme, being emotional, being overly sensitive, another emotional theme that Jupiter was bringing to us over these last couple of months. Now he's retrograde. We bring it inward and we get to see how it is, what direction we need to go. What do we what did we learn? What do we still need to learn? How do we course correct? So retrogrades are often not necessarily bad because they're not bad at all. They give us this opportunity to do some of the inner work that we need to do and not just the outer work. Um, Monday, today, we have Venus in a trine to Neptune. And this actually brings that theme in again of spiritual work um, and love energy. We have Venus that represents the relationship love with one another here on the planet. But then Neptune bringing us the energy of much more spiritual love, unconditional love, universal love. And by the way, Neptune and Jupiter have an affinity for one another right now because Jupiter's in Pisces. Neptune is in Pisces. And Jupiter's a co-ruler of the sign of Pisces along with Neptune. So we have these two planets coming together, really driving spiritual energy and uplifting or a more contemplative uh, route through um, through spirituality. So it's a really interesting time. It was funny yesterday because I was outside chatting with a neighbor, my neighbor in front of me here, who has Dude, <laughs> Dude, the cat who stars sometimes in my videos. Um, and we've never crossed this line into talking about spirituality. And yet yesterday, for whatever reason, probably at the moment Jupiter was turning retrograde, we ended up on this topic and it was most enlightening, right? To just have a conversation with someone of a more religious nature and me coming from a much more spiritual nature as opposed to religious and how we met in the middle and how beautiful it was to see this commonality, right? It, it's not really just the beliefs may be a little bit different, but there was this beautiful commonality. So finding that uh, spiritual harmony, finding that spiritual commonality in all of our, you know, all of us as humans, we're, we're all here on the same hunt for those answers. You know, who is God? Where is God? Is there a God? Um, you know, why am I here? Who am I? What am I here to do? What's the purpose of life? All of that being taken up now on the internal planes and with Venus and uh, Neptune in a trine today, reminding us that the major energy involved is about love, right? It comes all down, boils all the way down to just love. Tomorrow, hallelujah, Mercury turns direct. But anytime a planet changes direction, it is a sort of that swish of energy that we feel as things change, as things move in a different direction, right? Think about it. If you're at a standstill and a car drives past you, you feel the rush of air. You feel the momentum of that energy. The same thing happens when the planets, when they change direction. It's not that... Uh, 
it, it's not the same as motion, etc. But it's a mo. It is a, a swish of energy, a, a change in the energetic um, field, if you will. And that'll happen tomorrow on Wednesday. The sun comes into a trine with Jupiter. Lovely, lovely for us to really see beauty, for us to see our spiritual nature, for us to see who the truth of who we are. Sun now in Cancer right? Having moved across the summer solstice point yesterday or today, depending on where you are in the world, and bringing us into uh, new energy. The energy of cancer is about family and traditions and harmony. And so the sun helping us to see how we can be growing through interacting with the people that are closest to us, that we consider family, friends, neighbors, community, tribe, etc. Venus will also be in an opposition to Pluto tomorrow. So for a part of the day, it's a possibility that there'll be some powerful ripples of energy moving through our relationships, issues that there may that we may need to work through. Um, it's not necessarily a negative. It may be that you discover how much you really love and enjoy each other's company and that that ripples through. So that's for Wednesday, Thursday, of course, we have the full moon and in Capricorn. And the sun with the sun being in uh, cancer, so early degree of the signs. And that day in our Pleiadian Earth calendar is for remembering. Four brings us to a stability. It's the universal day of building, of, of securing the foundation and the foundation of remembering, remembering who we are as people, who we are as divine sparks of of uh, God and why are we here and, and what is this planet all about? So interesting that the full moon falls on that day. It is also the day that we have the new human design week. The energy will shift. Uh, we'll take a look at those graphics in just a minute. On Friday, Neptune turns retrograde. So we have Neptune right now in the gate 36 in your human design. It's a gate that in its more negative aspects is about turbulence and chaos and sort of the that feeling that we have of restlessness or boredom. Maybe it's restlessness due to boredom or just, you know, everything building up on us. And we just have been we've been dealing with this sort of restless energy anyway for a while. Now with Neptune turning retrograde, it's our opportunity to really become more intuitive about what that means for us, about how we can course correct, because the energy, it, it's sitting on the solar plexus in your human design. The solar plexus energy's main operation is about emotional energy and its purpose is about calibrating that emotional energy to our heart, right? The calibration of the emotions to the heart. So if you're feeling turbulent or you're feeling restless or bored or upset, then there, it's a tell. It's telling you that you're not in alignment with your heart. When you're feeling joy and love and fun and pleasure and, and all of the happy-go-lucky things, then you're in alignment with your heart or you're feeling satisfied or you're feeling good about things in general it's that's telling you the calibration there between the emotional center and your heart is telling you you're going in the right direction your thoughts are on the right things but when you're feeling those other energies uh, energies anger or frustration or upset or restlessness and boredom that kind of thing your heart your mind and your emotions are not in alignment the emotions are just telling you calibrate 
calibrate, time to change, time to move, right? So um, that is uh, happening on Friday. And I, I always enjoy the Neptune retrogrades because somehow the the antennas are just that much sharper, like the transmissions coming in are clearer or easier heard for some reason. So uh, that's been in my experience. Maybe I have Neptune retrograde in my own chart. So maybe that's the reason. If um, you're feeling the opposite, if you're not feeling very intuitive, this is your time to be able to calibrate your intuitive self, right? To recalibrate that energy. And it, uh, JLo, which gate does it go? It doesn't change gates that day. Neptune is what I think you're asking about. Eventually it will move as it is in retrograde backward to the gate 22. If you'll remember, it's, it was at the gate 22 for quite a bit of time. And the gate 22 is the gate of charm or not. It is a gate of surrendering to a higher power, trusting in that higher power. It is an emotional energy of our involution, how we are changing on the inner planes. So that'll happen uh, later on in its transit. In fact, let me see. I could probably even give you the day. Oh, man, my ears just popped. So Neptune 3636, it changes gates on August 13th back to 22. And I believe it finishes out the year in gate 22, if I'm not mistaken, October, all of November. Yeah, it finishes the year in the gate 22. So we're at the uh, close to the end. We still have all of July to, and part of August to live through the gate 36. Then we'll be back to finish our lessons in the gate 22, which is about the involution energies. Um, thank you, JLo, for the reminder. Please take a moment. If you're liking the video, please hit the thumbs up. And if you are new here, please subscribe right down below on the video. If you're on YouTube, you can see the subscribe button. You can even hit the little bell and be notified when I come on live. And to finish out the week, we have Saturday's energy with Venus moving into Leo, joining up with Mars already in Leo. Remember these two, if you were back with... Uh, in the astrology of 2021 um, videos, we started talking about how Mars and Venus were coming closer together during this time period. They're the, the, the energies of the two of them coming together, the masculine and the feminine make for creative energy, right? Just like uh, male and female egg and sperm coming together make for creative energy. This is creative energy building up in all of us and ready when it begins to uh, oppose uh, Saturn and, or you see, it'll oppose Saturn and square Uranus, um, June 28th and July 5th, where we have these little, you know, creative challenges to get our work out into the world to, to be really aligned with our creative natures. So we see Saturday with Venus moving into Leo, that energy beginning to build up toward that crescendo of creative expression. Sunday, calm. It's just a calm. There's nothing on Sunday. I think we'll have earned that based on all of the energies building throughout this week. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, I want to show you a couple of other graphics right now, making sure I can do this. Um, some of the, I don't remember focusing much on this. So if I'm uh, repeating myself, I apologize, uh, but I probably am not repeating myself. Let's see. Uh, Share screen, window, Pluto. 
There we go. So as I said earlier, the outer planets have all been changing over to uh, retrograde and with the exception of Uranus. Uranus is the only one that won't retrograde until later in August. And uh, yet, so we have Jupiter, we have Saturn, we have Pluto, we have Neptune, uh, all in retrograde and or will be in retrograde. So Pluto in retrograde is now at the gate 61, the gate of wonder. Now, Pluto actually went retrograde in May, so it's not like he's just turned retrograde. But the gate 61 is important because it sits on the head center. And the head center, being this top center, is um, also partway into the spiritual realm. So it's partway spirit and partway into the human. And so it asks a question, and the question it's always asking is why? Why? Why, 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 right? It's the pressure in this particular center that is the problem, the pressure to know that uh, that drives us to ask the question why. We want to know. And if we can take that pressure to know something and just greet the world with awe and wonder, then we're in the right place with this energy. But if we're not, then we can create that bitterness or we can create that psychosis that in the jinkies, the shadow here is psychosis. And we lived that psychosis through the end of 2019 and all of 2020 and a good part of 2021. And now we've released ourselves from it when, when uh, Pluto had moved into the gate 60 and now it's back, right? So now we're, we're, we're having to have to claim the ability to see the bigger picture of, of what is happening here on the planet, as well as the details uh, and of the experiences and the events that are happening in our outer world, sort of putting it into perspective rather than feeling victimy over what's going on or a hopeless. That, that has been a feeling that I've felt recently about what's going on in the outer world is that hopeless feeling. So in the mastery, we're a, we're seeing the big picture and we're seeing the details and we're understanding that there's a right purpose for this energy and what we're expressing in the shadow. This gate 61 is about the stress and fear that we feel. And then it causes us to compromise what we truly desire because we feel like we need to be more protected. It's not asking for help when we need to, um, because maybe we don't feel like we have good self-worth. So it, it's a time for us to reach out to one another and at the same time, really understand that the the outer world's expression of the psychosis is what's being healed uh, through the expression by our attention to uh, what's going on in that world. Now, we also had uh, other planets that have changed direction. We had Saturn uh, that I misspoke last week, I believe. I told you it just retrograded back into 13, but it did not it retrograded backward into 19 from 13. So let me share my screen with that and we can go back over what that's about. So the gate 19 is on the root center. It is a gate that we call attunement in quantum human design. It is a gate of sensitivity. It is, it is a gate that connects us into the animal world as in our human design. It is a gate that will be changing as time goes forward here to that solar plexus mutation. As we begin to release our dependency on the animal nature of who we are and we become more fully human and more fully angelic. 
So this is an important gate right now as it is here from June 11th until September 10th. Uh, we're learning how to be sensitive, but without compromising our values, compromising ourself. It is a gate that releases martyrdom, right? That carrying the torch, <laughs> the, the Joan of Arc energy. It is intimacy without codependency. And so it affects our relationships and how we interact with one another, where we're able to really sense what's going on with people, but without reacting to the emotional energy that they have. So especially for those of us who are broadcasting emotional energy, and those of you who are open that are taking in that broadcast, and you, using the gate 19, perhaps to be able to sense what that person needs, or what they, you know, are really experiencing, but without making it you responsible for helping them get through it, or for taking it personally, uh, of what they're expressing, expressing in their own lives, their own frustrations, or their own upsets. You're sensing energetic connections, right? This is where the, the ability to sense the morphogenetic field is, where we can sort of sense what's coming next, right? Because we have these feelers that we can reach out with. Recognizing when there's not sufficient resources or when resources are being held back, when we're not sharing fully of ourselves or of our gifts with one another. So this particular gate helps us to restore abundance. The uh, It helps us to, to entertain a revolution, which is an evolution of sorts, when uh, we need to. So sometimes it is through a revolution that we restore things. Um, if you think about some of the biggest, you know, revolutions that we've ever had on the planet that changed the world, right? Revolutions tend to change the world. So we're on a emotional or a sensitivity revolution at this point in time with Saturn back in the gate 19. And then as well, let's take a look. What other pictures did I bring up here this morning? That was Pluto. There's Saturn. Uh, let's look at Uranus because I don't think we looked at Uranus yet. We might've. So if this is redundant, I, I apologize, but you know what? We can always learn more, right? So here we have Uranus now at the gate two right? Actually having moved into a new gate, one we haven't experienced over the last couple of years, over the last 84 years, um, because of the nature of Uranus, right? So we're getting a taste test here. He's not going to sit here all that long, but the gate two is on the identity center. So it sits, it's one of the gates that's the outlet for the soul and the soul's expression. And the outlet here is about gratitude. And it's about having faith. It's about it's about allowing everything, all the experiences. It has a lot to do with abundance as well, because it's, like I said, a gate of gratitude, but it's also a gate where self-worth is an attractive force that brings us things like uh, abundance or good relationships or the things that we need in order to grow and evolve. So the mastery here at gate two is moving with the sure-footedness toward living your authentic life, knowing that you're just intuitively being guided to the right things, the right experiences with the right people, and then trusting that you have the support that you need along the way, that you're not just being you know, left alone as a boat adrift on the ocean, that there is help out there. In the shadow, this is stress and fear that leads us to compromise what we truly desire. And it's not asking for help, 
due to low self-worth. That's a theme now. You've seen that theme a couple of times, right? So a lot of the work that we have to do right now is about on our own, cleaning out our own house, right? Our own emotional stream, really understanding the energy of emotions and self-worth and love energy. So there's that. Uh, did I bring up Jupiter's? I don't think I brought up Jupiter's for some reason this morning. Let's take, let's see, do, 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 let me see if I can find it. Because what fun would it be? It hasn't changed gates yet. Maybe that's why I didn't bring it up. Uh, let me go to my desktop in the June graphics. Yeah, it doesn't change gates until later. So we don't need to work about worry about that right now. Just remember right now uh, that uh, Jupiter is sitting at the gate the gate, uh, Jupiter, where'd you go? Oh, yes, we want to know this. Jupiter is sitting at the gate 55. Let me take this out and share again, even though this will be, let me just put up a human design chart. This isn't the right chart, but it's a chart at least that you can see. our Scorpio one that we looked at later earlier I mean <laughs> geez gate 55 is right here uh and on the emotional center and Jupiter is sitting here and the gate 55 is the gate of abundance it's the gate of being so connected to source or God that you can fully surrender and trust that you're being taken care of that you're being divinely guided and that your source of wisdom doesn't lie outside of you. It lies inside of you, right? That you have all the tools, all the gifts, everything that you need to be an abundant expression of uh, source in the world. So Jupiter sitting here at the gate 55, bringing us that information, uh, reminding us of that. And again, this will be a placement for Jupiter in December and January, uh, December 2021, but January 2022. So we're getting again that taste test of what it's like to be fully abundant and to live in that full abundance of um, faith in a higher power. And it doesn't matter what you call that higher power. It could be God, it could be source, it could be universal love. It doesn't matter what you call it, just that you are having faith in a higher power. Question from JLo, do you think the planets also affect our personal gates that the planet is in, in our own charts? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because for example, if you're someone out there, look at your human design charts right now. You, and we're gonna use Jupiter since I just had that up on the screen. Jupiter sitting at the gate 55. And the gate 55 is on the emotional center. If you have it open, which means it was white, it can be one of two things. One, you suddenly have a hanging gate 55, or if you have the gate 39 hanging at the opposite end of it, the gate 55 now completes the whole channel of emoting. So it brings up a very emotional nature for us, the emotions um, telling us when we're out of alignment with spirit, when we're out of alignment with faith and trust in a higher power. Uh, 
if you have it already defined in your chart by another planet, then Jupiter is uh, adding its energy to what you're learning based on the planet that you have there. In my own chart, I have Mercury sitting at the gate 55. So Jupiter is now making it possible for me perhaps to really share the energies of the gate 55 with you in a more profound way, right? Mercury, my voice, Jupiter is the uh, growth and expansion piece. So uh, any other planet that's sitting there will also give you that extra added um, lesson or experience that you are needing to learn at this point in time. So uh, depending on how it shows up in your own personal chart and how the rest of that chart looks, um, if you're someone who has an open emotional center with a hanging gate 39, you now have a defined and have had a defined solar plexus and you may find yourself being overly emotional, overly expressive emotionally that, you know, because you're not used to that, you're used to trying to make everything nice and, and, and placate and, you know, make it all good for everybody, trying to keep the emotional energy down. Um, and now you may be unable to do that. Maybe you're just feeling so angry or so joyful or so whatever, and it's just coming out of you, right? So some of you may be feeling overly emotional and some of you may be feeling um, just new energies popping in emotionally for the short term anyway. Kathleen says connects with your gate 39. So if you have the gate hanging at 39, now the whole channel of emoting comes into play. And that's a powerful channel. It's very provocative. The gate 39 is a provocateur kind of energy. It triggers us into becoming more than what we are or um, expressing more emotional truth, becoming more emotionally response able. So being provoked by emotions to get back in alignment with what is true and right for you. And that comes from having faith, right? Having faith and trusting and surrendering to all that is happening. I just realized that it's after nine and I do have a client this morning, so I need to get moving here. Um, let's talk real quickly before I leave about the beginning of the Pleiadian Earth Energy Week because we started a new week. Yesterday was the end of the week and today we've moved into one planting. So while we have planting energy, it's a great time to express new ideas, right? You, ha you have luck on your side. You have high energy on your side. It's very creative and fertile energy for the imagination and for imagination to turn into reality or to be creative in nature. Um, we have to face maturity though here in this gate. The energy of uh, planting can be in its more negative expression can be irresponsible or immature. So it's about being responsible but also tapping into the stream of wealth and abundance and creativity and joyfulness that the one planting energy brings us. Now that's a 13 day period where the umbrella energy is one planting. So that's good after we've just come out of the collective shadow cycle, we are letting go as of today uh, of the, the gates of the spleen that also have shadow energy or fear energy. So we might be feeling really start starting to feel an exuberance again, or some, a lightness maybe coming over us. And so this particular, uh, 13 day cycle should be a really good cycle for us all. All right. That is it for me today. There's so much more I could talk about on, uh, I may, 
uh, Wednesday, I may come on in the morning just because it is a full moon the next day. And I won't be back on really until Friday. So we'll see what my schedule is. I don't remember right now what my calendar looks like. If I can make it on Wednesday morning, I will. And we'll talk about the full moon. If not, on Wednesday, I am on Angel Heart Radio at 5 p.m. Pacific. That's 8 p.m. East Coast time. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So if I don't get to come on Wednesday morning, then on Wednesday evening, I will be chatting about that with Annette on Angel Heart Radio. All right, guys. Hugs all around, Mimi says. And Christine, thank you, Janet and Asa. Hoping everyone has a good day. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Take care, everybody. I will see you on perhaps on Wednesday, but for sure on Friday. We'll talk about the weekend. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.